0: Hi, hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and today's episode 501, which means last week was our 500th episode. I can barely even believe it that we've made it 500 episodes, and you guys, we have so many amazing things ahead for this show, The Happy Hour. In fact, if you did not hear last week's show for the 500th episode, we made some massive announcements. And so go back and check out those announcements. It's a super fun show with a lot of guests on the show, not just one. And man, I just... I'm, I'm really honored that you listen to this show every single week. I hope whether you've been here for three weeks, uh, three days, three years, or the whole uh, eight years that the Happy Hour has been around, I just want to say thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, this show has changed my life, and so I'm assuming that it has done the same for yours as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, go back and listen to the 500th episode where I gush even more, but let's get to today's show. So every summer we do uh, some summer series, and this summer we have two series happening, and the first one is is our series about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. This actually comes from the verse in Luke. It's Luke chapter 10, verse 27. And I remember thinking, man, I want to talk to some people this summer about loving God with those aspects of our bodies, because I really do believe that loving God with all that we have, I think it's hard work, and I think it's done better in community. And so we're bringing you a five part series based all on luke ten twenty seven which says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. I believe that each of those parts of us matter to God, to our community, to our work, and to our families, and so we 've invited some amazing people for the next five weeks to talk all about loving God with all that we have today on the show, we have Scott Sauls and Scott is a favorite around here at the Happy Hour. If you didn't hear his interview in early 2021 on episode 365 or his time on the series that we did in 2020, uh, the series called Faith and Politics, you're going to want to go back and listen to them as soon as you're done here. Scott is the pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. He's a friend of myself and my husband, Aaron, and he's the author of many, many books, and they're all so wonderful. I'm not kidding. Go get them all. But his newest book, Beautiful People Don't Just Happen, comes out on June 14th. So right around the quarter from when you're listening to this, go right now and pre-order this book and pre-order it so that on June 14th, it shows up on your doorstep just in time for your vacation or to go to the pool or heck, just to sit in your backyard and read. I don't know. But today we're talking about loving God with our hearts. And I know that our conversation will move you towards loving God more with your heart. Coming up on the series, we talk to four more friends about loving God with our soul, with our mind, with our body, and then we finish up the series with loving our neighbor as ourselves. You are not going to want to miss a single one of these shows. You guys, we also created some super fun shirts to go along with this series. I love shirts, and I love shirts that go along with the series. They're so awesome, and one of the reasons that I love them is because men and women will both love them. They will work for anyone I sent an email to my friend, John, who also designed a shirt for us last, last year. And I told him what the series was on and and he wrote back and he said, I did a lot of thinking about it. And I think you're right. I think it does take a lot of courage to love God with all of those parts of us. And so the shirt represents that and I, I could not love it anymore. So they're so awesome. Go grab yourself a shirt this summer to wear uh, to remind yourself of what it means to love God with all that we have. To see all the guests from the series, buy yourself a shirt and even find a coupon code for those shirts during the series, go to jamieivy.com slash lovegod. You're gonna find all of the series information there, the shirt link, every guest that we have. Go to jamieivy.com slash lovegod. And if you love this series, man, just share that link with a friend. Super easy to find everything we're doing there. All right, you guys, here's my friend and my guest's for the very first episode in the Love the Lord, Your God series, Scott Sauls. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. So exciting to be with you. Um, I tell Aaron, every time I get the honor to chat with you for this podcast or with any other reason, um, I feel like it is just, um, it's a beautiful day for me to spend some time with you. So thanks for Very,
1: very mutual. Thanks. Thanks for that, Jamie. Appreciate it. It's fun being on again.
0: It is really great. And um, I always like to describe you as... Um, like there are pastors who are like, man, you just really pastor us and you fall into that category for me. And I know that you love your people that you get to lead there in Nashville. And it's always feels like a moment of pastoring. When we come on here. Um, so I want to, I want to welcome you. You're actually our very first week uh, for our series that we're doing based out of the book of Mark, which is one of the gospels in chapter 12. And mm-hmm. um, Jesus says to, To some people here ask, you know, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered this. He says, um, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. He says, and you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second of this is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there's no greater commandment than these. And I think that right now in our culture that we're living in, man, loving the Lord, our God with everything we have in us. I'm gonna be real honest with you, Scott. It feels exhausting sometimes. Like it feels like, I don't know how to possibly do this. And so, we hope in this series to kind of touch on all of those things in different mm. ways, because it shouldn't feel exhausting, you know, and it, and mm-hmm. it shouldn't feel that way. Uh, and God doesn't want his kids to be exhausted. But I want to start today with talking to you about loving the Lord, our God, with all of our hearts. And um, I think for a lot of people, this can feel like the easy one, like, oh, my heart, I love, I love, I love. Mm. But then if you really think about it, man, our heart loves so many things. And so I just want to ask you, like, what does it look like for you to love the Lord with all your heart?
1: Well, I'm still trying to discover that, uh, Jamie.
0: Wait, what? I thought you were coming on here, Scott, to give us the three steps. (laughs) I'm
1: coming on to learn. I thought I was coming on and you would be my teacher about these things. So, so we're all on a journey, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. we never arrive until uh, until glory. And all of our lives are about being in process as unfinished, uh, incomplete uh, people who are loved by Jesus. And I, I think really the first uh, step toward loving God is recognizing that he took the first step. Uh, you know, Scripture reminds us that we love God. Any love that we have for him uh, is derivative of the fact that he has first loved us, uh, that, that he has, um, you know, pursued us, uh, chosen us from the foundation of the world, not because we are his choice people, because we are his chosen people, um, you know, sometimes it's easy to question, isn't it? Who, why, God, did you mm. choose these people uh, to be your people? <laughs> Just look at the genealogy of Christ, right? You've yeah. got Abraham and Isaac who were terrible husbands, you've got Jacob who was a liar and a deceiver, Rahab, a prostitute, David who gave birth to some Solomon by Uriah, the wife of Uriah the Hittite, right? So, you've got these, um, you know disturbingly wonderful uh lists of 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 people who were kind of train wrecks and yet they were the ones that god decided to put the mark of his love on you know you've got mm-hmm. the apostle paul even talking about how he's the chief of sinners as one who was untimely born uh you know that christ appeared to him right yeah. and called him and so i think recognizing that we are loved in spite of ourselves that that god Um, God takes the long view uh, with each one of us that he doesn't love us because we're so great right now, but he loves us because of who he's making us into. You know, Ephesians 2 talks about how we are the workmanship of God, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, created in Christ Jesus. And, uh, you know, that that Greek word behind, you know, workmanship uh, in, in the original New Testament is poiema, which we get our word poem from that, so you know, God thinks of us in terms of beauty, not in terms mm-hmm. of you know the messes that we know that we are. Uh, but He, yeah. you know, that's why He sent Christ. And so, when we can start, you know, understanding that, marinating in that, sitting in that, and and slowly believing it, I, I think mm-hmm. that's the degree to which we're going to start to see the affections in our own hearts uh, get stirred toward God. Um, and we know we've gotten somewhere, uh, when, as the scripture says, his commands are no longer burdensome, uh, Mm -hmm. that we actually start to enjoy, uh, having God tell us what to do, uh, and even enjoying on some level, uh, when God exposes us, you know, I just, Mm -hmm. I just preached on the Samaritan woman at the well and, and, you know, Jesus says to her, um, You know, you're right when you say that you have no husband. In fact, you've had five husbands and the man you now live with is your husband. And the remarkable thing to me about that passage is then she goes into the city full of joy saying, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. And the stuff that he told her that she did, they were not flattering things, Yeah, you know, And, and yet there was something in her, I think, that... um you know, was set free by being fully known in that way Mm. and not rejected, uh, fully exposed and, um, loved nonetheless.
0: When you said that it made me think about something as like, you know, when I think about loving God with my whole heart, I realize that a lot of times my affections are given more wholly to other things. And, um, and when you were talking about the woman and her being exposed, it made me think that oftentimes when I feel that that is happening in my life, like, you know, there's just times where you're like, man, I'm just consumed with something else. And and it's taking away from my consumption of God. um, It is often that exposure that draws us back into that. And, And it's, you know, it's needed to say that, like, the way that we love is because of how much God has loved us. So it's not like we're trying to prove ourselves to the Lord or let me love him so that he'll love me. Like he already loves us. But there are these moments sometimes where the exposure of what my heart is desiring, it pushes me back to desiring God more. And I think, I mean, is that a maturity thing? Is this, like you said, is this something we see the longer we walk with the Lord? Or what is is that? Because I'm grateful for it, uh, but it hurts sometimes.
1: It does, but, but you know, uh, that, that John Cougar Mellencamp song comes to mind, Hurts So Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. <laughs> so, uh, Mellencamp was sent, sending, singing about something other than the gospel, but I right. think the, the words, um, you know, can apply here. I mean, I, I look at uh, Paul, for instance, mm-hmm. Paul the Apostle, right? So, there's this, there's this kind of unfolding of his own self-perception after he becomes a Christian mm-hmm. where toward the beginning of his ministry, you know, in his letters, he, he writes in one of his earlier letters, I'm Paul, an apostle. Mm-hmm. Later on, he writes, I'm Paul, the least of the apostles. Later on, he writes, Paul, I'm the least of all Christians. And wow. at the very end of his life, he says, I'm Paul, the chief of all sinners. But uh, And he and he details that too. He says, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to make a case for it. I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man. I was a bully. Um, you know, uh, rise and fall of whatever church, you know, looks like Mary Poppins compared to who I was. Like, I, I mm-hmm. killed people. I was like a genocidal maniac toward Christians. And, and you know, it gets really specific, and you'd think a guy who's a Christian who's got the Holy Spirit in his life is going to get really, really discouraged and demoralized. Yeah. But instead, what he does next is he breaks out into worship. Mm-hmm. and 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 he talks about how because the mercy of god can reach somebody like him mm-hmm. it can reach anybody and and that's his whole play right he's yeah. he's talking about the the reality of how awful um mm-hmm. you know his life was and how poorly he treated god's people even yeah. for a stretch uh and and yet that's the occasion to say to the world, look, you think, you think you're unreachable? What do you think about me? Uh, oh. and, and here I am, you know, writing a third of the New Testament. And so if there's hope for me, there's hope for anyone. And, and so it seems like Paul's, as his self-awareness of the gap between him and the holiness and grandeur of God grows, so does his joy. Mm-hmm. Um, because of what he said in one of his letters, right? Uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds more, or it super abounds. And mm-hmm. how hard is that to believe, right? Because our, our hearts, you know, we, we believe the, the shame verdicts and the negative verdicts so much more easily than we do the gospel and grace verdicts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all of life, um, you know, is, is basically an exercise for the Christian of figuring out how to turn the volume down on on the negative verdicts that Jesus has taken care of and turning the volume up on the new verdict that hangs over us, that we are now covered and clothed in the goodness yeah. and righteousness and beauty beauty of Jesus, even on our worst
0: days. Man, and that volume sometimes feels so loud. It feels almost like, how do I turn this down, to use your analogy more, of just like, man, I just don't even know how to do it.
1: You
0: know, I'm a fan of... Of your, of your leadership and your writing, and you released a book, A Gentle Angel, a couple of years ago, which was just, man, it was a perfect timing. Uh, you have another book that just released this month called Beautiful People Don't Just Happen, How God Redeems Regret, Hurt, and Fear in the Making of Better Humans. And I think this goes a lot with what we're even talking about. We've even talked about Paul, the Apostle Paul, and, and we see him talk about that a lot. And one of the things I'm Um, assuming that you talk about in here is when Paul is talking about his contentment in all circumstances. And I I know that we can be able to do this is like this that Paul gives us the secret and and what it is and I think that goes along with even like what we're talking about today like our heart and what that means and so can you talk through a little bit about that because there's nobody that's listening there's not I'm not I'm not a prophet but I can say with confidence that there that people are listening to the show right now and every single one of us feels like we're in some circumstances that we don't enjoy or we didn't wish we were in and so as followers of Jesus how do we tune our heart to what is true and how do we believe that, that there's joy to be found there
1: Okay. I love that question. Um, Again, still trying to figure out how to make it daily happen in my own life and heart, but I do know the answers because Paul has given them to us and the scripture has given them to us. So, here's part of the answer. Almost 100% of the Bible was written by somebody who in real time was a slave, uh, a prisoner uh, in exile uh or um being severely persecuted and awaiting their own execution uh so the only exception i can think of to to that in the bible is the guy who wrote ecclesiastes who was rich and had everything the world has to offer and who was very unhappy
0: i was gonna say um, but he wasn't like he was that's like, right. <laughs> he was not that's working right. out for him yeah so,
1: and here's the here's the thing Jamie Wow Scott and, and I do I do this, this is a, a major section in Beautiful People Don't Just Happen. So I appreciate you mentioning that. Um, I get so excited about this because of some light bulbs that went on, even as I was just studying this part uh, from the scripture. One of the things I never noticed, and I've, I've been a Christian for um, almost three decades now. No, over three decades, I've been a Christian and I've been a pastor for 27 years And I just discovered this, you know, when, when we, when we think about that passage in Philippians where Paul talks about how he's learned the secret of contentment, we think, well, this guy knows how to have joy when, when he's down on his luck, right? He's writing the letter from jail. Okay. So that's, that's hard. Uh, He's writing the letter uh, under persecution. That's hard. Um, Doesn't have money. He, He doesn't have access to his friends. They don't have email or texting, and so he's isolated. Uh, so, he's learned, you know, all things through Christ. It gives me strength. But but what I missed for so many years with there is the other thing he says there. I've learned the secret of contentment, he says, while living in want. He also says, I've learned the secret of being content while living in plenty. Mm. Um, and and there, there's something in there. there. That's the Ecclesiastes statement there, that… Yeah. So many of us, I think there's this Thomas Merton uh, quote, or it's attributed to Thomas Merton, where he says, you know, all my life, uh, I climbed the ladder of success only to realize when I got to the top that the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. And I think so many of us who have that experience of achieving goals, Mm. of exceeding, you know, our dreams or our ambitions or our hopes, whether it's in career or mm-hmm. or our finances or romance and marriage and family like we realize wait a minute you know this thing before i had it promised so much and relative to what it promised it has delivered so little and that sends wow. people into like this this kind of existential crisis right this yeah. emotional crisis and what Paul is saying is, look, you plug your emotional umbilical cord into anything other than Christ, that thing becomes to you a distraction uh, instead of a source of healing and a source mm-hmm. of life and flourishing. What we're talking about, really, Jamie, is is what the Bible calls idolatry. We mm-hmm. could call it in our modern uh, vernacular addiction. Uh, okay. It's it's whenever we take a good thing and turn it into our ultimate thing. Yeah. Um, and and you know, here's the irony, uh, the beautiful irony about people who get to the place where Christ is their chief first and Mm -hmm. foremost love. You actually enjoy things like marriage, things like um, career success, things like family. You enjoy those things more when when they become less to you than God. Wow. Then you would enjoy then you would enjoy them if you put them above God. Yeah. If you made them your main thing, you mm-hmm. enjoy them less. If if you put them under Christ and the centrality of, of of who he is in your life, that actually unlocks enjoyment, uh, not only in the good things, but also there's joy to be found in the disappointment. Because yeah. where does Jesus tend to meet us, right? The hem of his mm-hmm. own garment on the ground, yeah. right? And and so um, yeah, that little section from Paul is is pretty magical when when we can lay hold of it.
0: Uh, also, note to you and the listeners, Jamie Ivey as an eight, as, no, I got my letter jacket when I was a freshman in high school. Uh, Jamie Ivey as a freshman in high school put Philippians 4.13 on the back of her letter jacket because she thought she knew that God can make her do all things like run real fast at the track meet and, you know, just be a really great person. So I still laugh about that that I that I put that on the back of my letter jacket. And yeah, no, you know,
1: look how many athletes have pointed people to Philippians by that exactly. mi- misapplication. I I came across a um, a mug the other day uh, that that said uh, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context.
0: <laughs> Can't we so, all? Yes.
1: So that is a verse that's often taken out of context, and yet it's it's true that our successes do come from God. Uh, you know, every moment of every day, he's orchestrated our lives uh, in order to, um, you know, prepare us for himself yeah. and, you know, the good and the hard, he's orchestrated all of it in order to um, ultimately lead him, lead us into his own arms.
0: But I, I, I do love that contentment in, in the worst of circumstances. Okay, like, yes, I want to put my mind on that. I want to think about that. God, I want to be content in you no matter what. But how often do I actually tell myself, Jamie, you need to be content. With God alone, when you're at the top of your game, when you are successful, when you're doing the things that you've always wanted to do, does that become an idol and an addiction idolatry? So for you, do you have or do you encourage people? Is there some sort of like litmus test that you have? of Is this more to me than God? Because I think for a lot of people especially the word addiction feels a little scary. But for a lot of people, you can think, well, I mean, I love God the most, and but we miss out on tiny things that might become that. So do you have some sort of like, here's how I can gauge in my own personal life. Am I putting things above God, good, bad, evil, whatever they might be? I
1: think the wrong question to ask is what are the things that make me really, really, really happy? Because as I said, look, if if, if Christ is number one in my life, Like we're going to be exceedingly happy in, Mm. in the good things, not just happy, but exceedingly happy because along with having that thing that, that, that we desire or that person that we desire, we're going to have thankfulness and gratitude piled on top of that for God, Mm -hmm. who's the giver of all good things. And so we're exceedingly happy. So I think, I think our happiness over something is, is probably not the best gauge, um, I think the best way at least for me uh Jamie to diagnose what my potential idolatries might be mm-hmm. uh, are um you know how 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 do i fill fill in this sentence, how do I finish this sentence? I cannot be happy unless and, you know so mm-hmm. whatever is on the other end of that, unless if it's not nearness to Christ, if it's something yeah. else, um you know that's a red flag for yeah. for whatever that area of life is or what makes me, um, you know, we, we get anxious about a lot of things, right? Like God's wired us, you know, to to have yeah. things like fear and, and concern uh, for redemptive purposes. But, us, but, yeah. but, but if there are things that, you know, I get so worked up, you know, scared or so worked up, melancholy, down in the dumps mm-hmm. about, that I just can't get out of it, that I cannot mm-hmm. see hope uh, unless it gets resolved, right? right. Uh, but on the flip side, when you find yourself in a place of loss or, you know, the three categories that beautiful th- people don't just happen, you know, separates it into our regrets, our regrets, our hurts, and our fears. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regret has to do with the past things we wish we could change, but we can't. Our fears are the kind of our imagined worst case scenarios and our hurts are you know, whatever has happened to us by other people or just by living in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Those three categories, if I find myself, you know, living in the midst of of some regret, some hurt, or some, you know, fear or worry, and can also in that place find joy and find hope in God, that's reason to be encouraged. I, Mm -hmm. I, You know, I don't Mm want to just ding people with what their potential idols are and say, hey, deal with that. I also want to encourage to say, if you find yourself resorting to prayer uh, or opening a Bible or Mm. seeking counsel from a a wise um, friend who's going to say things that are true and consistent with scripture and you know it, that's probably an indication that you've not fallen into idolatry and that, that you're actually fighting for that um, union that that, that, uh, mm-hmm. that you have with Christ. And so there's a positive angle to it as well. Because uh, I think a lot of people get really discouraged about themselves mm. just because they're hurting. And mm-hmm. the truth is that God has given us essentially eight core emotions. I got this from a, a friend of mine named Chip Dodd. He's amazing. And, you know, the, the emotions, the core emotions that we have right now are, um, they include one Happy emotion, and that's gladness or joy everything uh, all else of is the not rest, happy sadness guilt, shame, loneliness, fear uh, hurt uh, you know and and wow, and those are gifts you know God has given us emotions in the same way that he's given us organs and and mm-hmm. you know ears and uh, you know the five senses uh, so that we can express and and, and I wonder if the reason why we have only one positive emotion and nine or, or, or seven distressed ones is because God wanted to equip us to live fully and honestly in a fallen world. Mm. and 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 there are all these seven different ways to express yeah. distress over the fact that things are not Yet the way they 're meant to be mm. um, and and so there's a healthy expression obviously to all eight of the emotions, and there 's a shadow side to all of them as well, right like like take anger right righteous anger we talk about righteous anger, Christ even expresses righteous right. anger, righteous anger attacks problems, raging anger attacks people and mm. and and so you know righteous anger can get unhealthy really quick or. You know, an unhealthy version of anger can be redeemed into a, a healthy version, and that's true of all of the different ways that we feel. But even just think about the Psalms, Jamie, and how how distress is such a theme in in the Psalms. Yeah. And yet, every one of those distressed emotions leads back to God, you mm-hmm. know, as the answer. Yet I will trust in His unfailing love, yeah. uh, and so on. And 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 you know, why so downcast, on my soul? Yeah. Put your hope in God, and 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 so. I don't know. We're complex. That's good
0: news for us. That's good news for us.
1: I hope so. I hope so.
0: It totally is. It totally is. Well, I'm super excited uh, for people to get their hands on this book because we're all walking through those things, the hurt and the regret and the fear in some way or another, especially just – I mean, this is – I feel like we've said this a lot. It sounds like a broken record, but we're all coming out of just some of the hardest years for most people's lives. And so this is just, everyone is kind of limping into 2022 and then turning the corner to 2023. And so it's so, it's so very, very needed. Um, I would like to ask you, and this is just, um, uh this is totally off topic of your book and the love the Lord God with all your heart but i I do want to ask this because I told Aaron my husband I was talking to you recently, and he said that you and him had had a conversation, and um I think I'd just love to hear from you of i think you guys one of the things you guys talked about um was how hard it has been in the season for pastors for pastors, and um I've heard that from every single pastor that's been on my show in the last two years. Hardest two years ever in ministry. Um, Aaron has said that. Um, I imagine you have said that. Uh, Dr. Moore has said that. Every pastor has said that. And so I think my question for you, as someone who's not a pastor, who's just a partner at my church and loves God, and how can we support our ministry staffs that are at our churches right now Coming out of, I don't know when we say we're coming out of this pandemic because that's not really true. I don't understand it all, but moving forward out of it, what is a way that we can be supportive of ministry leaders in our churches? I
1: mean, I, I can I can speak only for the pastors that I know that I've had these conversations with, and and for myself, and I think the themes that that come up repeatedly is, um, you know. Pick your battles, right? I mean, the scriptures mm-hmm. do encourage those who are taught to share with their teachers, and that includes con- constructive feedback. And it's it's always an opportunity to make ministry better and stronger when we hear from the people, uh, you know, in the community about how they think things could be better. But pick your, you know, don't don't focus on petty things. Just at least don't let this be a season where where you bring up petty things, um, or or. Things that have more to do with partisan politics than they do with gospel virtue, um, and and you know I'll, I'll just leave it to people's imagination to discern uh, what what might be meant by that. Um, you know, well, they make could sure go back and
0: listen to our last podcast because I think we talked about that a okay. little bit, and it was okay. so fire, so good. I'll yeah. send you guys there. Oh, so, good, yeah. good,
1: good, good, good. Um, so yeah, so so I think that's one of just you know make sure make sure that any complaint you might have is about something really significant that, that where, where something big is at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like people are getting hurt by mm-hmm. fill in the blank or yeah. a, an opportunity to demonstrate love to a group of people that, that are maybe feeling isolated right now would be, you know, stuff like that is great feedback in a season like this. Um, but, you know, criticizing people, you know the song selection on a Sunday, or, or you know, criticizing. You know, why do you wear plaid, or why do you mm-hmm. wear a suit? Uh, you know, when you're like, like just stuff like that 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 ultimately yeah. doesn't matter. I would say just leave that. Um, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, just just leave that stuff because uh, because pastors have um, experienced a disproportionate volume of criticism and uh, unhelpful suggestions in the past couple of years by people who, who only speak from their own perspective and don't realize that pastors are trying to, um, you know, in some cases, in, in your church's case, figure out how to shepherd 10,000 unique uh, situations mm-hmm. or however yeah. many people you have at your church. And, and so, it's a lot more complicated than one person's singular perspective, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the other is just showing up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the main factor leading to pastor discouragement in the last couple of years is the absence of 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 people, and mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that's understandable, right? Like during the pandemic, pre-vaccine availability, and all yeah. the rest. Um, you know, it, we we had to do the responsible, love your neighbor thing by protecting ourselves so that we could also protect others. Um, But now that, you know, solutions, more solutions Mm -hmm. are being provided medically um, to protect, uh, you know, public health and and Mm -hmm. so on, um, you know, if you've gotten really comfortable on your couch on Sundays, just realize that that every decision um, for your own convenience and comfort to stay away from the body is like cutting your finger off. Mm. Um just imagine spending a week without your index finger on your yeah. dominant hand. Um like other the rest of the body is affected by your absence uh, adversely in the same way that the rest of the body is affected positively and in a life-giving way by your presence. That's good. Like like we all know like it's it's kind of discouraging to walk into a a room that's only 30% full mm. um realizing that we used to be a community where you know that was packed into this room. And it's not about numbers or anything like that. It's about just the encouragement of, yeah. of knowing that you're in this with other people. And so yeah. uh, also realize too, that if you are that finger uh, isolating itself, you're not going to thrive for very long without the rest yeah. of the body. Uh, mm-hmm. And because uh, we're made, we're made not for isolation. Uh, we're made for togetherness. And and so, yeah. Um, you know, kind of resubmit yourself to that Sunday morning schedule of your local church. Uh, and if you don't have a local church, would highly encourage you to find one in your hometown, wherever yeah. you live, because that's an important part of being a healthy human, uh, let alone a healthy follower of Christ.
0: I think Aaron actually gave me a percentage of people who have not yet returned back to church. Um, I don't remember the number he said, I do remember it being really higher than I would have imagined. Um, I mean, I think it was in the 40s, 40% or something like that, and that, that felt high to me. Um, yeah, so we'll thank you for that, and that's just a little thing for the people listening who might not ever really think, man, the people at my church have really gone through a lot in the last couple of years, and I think most people are aware of that, but for some people might not be, and so I just appreciate that. Um, Scott, I'd love to know what you're reading these days.
1: Oh, goodness. Um so a recent read uh, in our household is Waymaker by uh, so our good. friend Anne Voskamp.
0: Uh, isn't, it, uh, we just, isn't it phenomenal? We
1: devour what whatever, yes. whatever our dear friend puts out. So, um, so so that's one. Uh, and um, I have actually been immersing myself because as we're speaking right now, we're in the middle of Holy Week, in mm-hmm. um, whatever I can about you know, the cross of Christ yeah. and, you know, his loving sacrifice for his people and just kind of preparing my heart in that way. Um, and I have been actually reading um, uh, a book by Tim Keller called Death. Um, you know Tim is a mentor to me and a, a friend for 15 years now, and he's been, you know, he's got a diagnosis that 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 um you know typically is incurable and and so mm-hmm. he and Kathy have been in that headspace and have just grown more and more joyful in this season mm-hmm. it's been remarkable tim has said this is the happiest season of our lives uh and um and, which is you know I want whatever produces yeah. that and so yeah. So he, you know, he's he's written and done some interviews on. And so I'm just pulling everything I can from the internet. I think Tish Warren just interviewed him, and yeah. so I'm 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 just reading everything I can where people are asking him about the season that he's in right now. Um, mm,
0: lovely. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming back on and talking with us today about how we really can love the Lord our God with the whole heart and what that means. Um, and it's possible because of His love for us, like He has. Our love for him comes from his love for us. And so thank you, Scott.
1: Thanks, Jamie.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're gonna wanna go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy-Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.